Hello, 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 all the uh, uh, boys and girls and kids in, in Toyland. I think I did this intro before, but welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. My name is DJ Wooldridge, and with me, as always, is the rebellious Roxy Stryer. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I'm a little like rebel yell girl. It's so good. Perfect. Perfect. Roxy, how are you doing this week? Y- you know, you know. Mm-hmm. I find that that's the best way to avoid answering the question. You by know. just telling somebody that they know. Yeah, you know. Oh, you, you know. know. You know. I feel like that might be more pertinent than ever in the time of COVID because we're all roughly in the same point. Like, there's gradations. You know. Yeah, you know. We're like, we're all seconds from a breakdown. You know. Right. You know. You know how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. You know. So how are you doing, DJ? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm excited. I'm excited for what we're talking about this week. We're tra- talking about um, Raya and the Last Dragon. We're we're talking about a bunch of cool stuff. If you're watching this um, on the Patreon, uh, the OSA show, obviously you're going to full uncut uh, WandaVision review. Um, we're talking about. Uh, 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 what are we? Ta- oh, we're talking about. Um, what are we talking? We're talking about? about so many things. We're talking you about know, Flash. You know. you know, we're talking about Flash. The Flash season seven premiere, all that fun stuff. Before we get into what we're into this week, um, for those of you that listen to this podcast on Spotify, we have a new feature where you can uh, we ask you a question and you can answer that on the Spotify app. So our question last week was: Will you be watching Superman and Lois this season? Um, uh, Christopher. Infanon says, you're getting the pronunciation of my last name right, DJ. LOL. I hope I did that time. Uh, But yes, (laughs) I will be. The pilot was surprisingly well done enough. And I'm curious if the rest of the season will be too. Uh, uh, William Niles Wilson says, I haven't watched any of the CW shows aside from a few seasons of The Flash. So probably not. Laughing. He's laughing his ass off. Um, and Bo Snipes says, yeah, definitely. It's a great show. When you all were talking about names on uh, cups, it surprised me when you mentioned uh, my name, Bo, because no one talks about my name. And I've never seen a cup with my name. Really? Um, yeah, I, with a Bo? Yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of people, unless you're like a Rachel or a Matthew, I don't know about you, Roxy, but growing up there was like a, a Baker's Dozen of Rachel's and Matthews just running around. We had a lot of Emma's. Okay, okay. A lot of Emma's and Dan's. Emma's and Dan's. Well, if there's any Emma's and Dan's out there, uh, the next question for this week will be, will you pay for Raya the Last Dragon on Disney Plus Premier Access? So if you're listening on Spotify, go answer that question. And if you listen to this on iTunes, please rate and view. I know we have we we haven't really been emphasizing that uh for a while now but you can go on there even if you've done it before you can go on there and give us a five-star review we've got one here from crimson rain 87 a great comic shop talk i love osa because it's like the nerdy conversation i have with all my friends at my local comic shop every wednesday been a fan uh of dj since source fed days and i really dig roxy as the new co-host so thank you for that so please um go do those this is a reminder the cool thing about that is that it's dead ass free to go leave a review and it really legitimately helps us genuinely so i know that probably you're doing what i do when i listen to my favorite podcast which is i just heard the person who i like say that and i thought like i'll do it next week or i'll get to it and then i don't get to it so like just pause for two seconds 
do your thing, do it for dead ass free, help us out. We really appreciate it. And we love hearing what you guys think. And then it also helps us shape the show and figure out what it is that you like when we talk about it or dislike when we talk about all that stuff. Yes. Hopefully like it's five stars only. It's only, thank please, you. Yeah, please and thank Absolutely. you. And also, if you um, like what we're talking about, you can uh, join us on patreon.com slash only stupid answers for the full two hour um, OSA show. Every week, uh, you get our full WandaVision reviews. Uh, well, that'll be gone, but it'll be a full, uh, full Falcon and Winter Soldier reviews, um, plus uh, news, plus a bunch of other cool stuff. So, before I get, there's there's actually a lot I would like to talk. I, I watch a lot of cool things this week that I'd like to talk about. But let's start off with um, something that we both watched and the kids at home are, like to hear us talk about. Uh, let's talk about the Flash because guess what, kids? With the Flash is back uh, with a premiere that definitely felt like the episode that they were probably on before production ended for COVID. And they're like, well, I guess this is our premiere now. <laughs> so apparently there's three of them. Like cool. Uh, and oh boy, did it feel that way. And I was, this was one of the most underwhelming premiere. I'm sorry. I just have to get into it. Yes, this is please. one of the most underwhelming premieres of a show I have seen in so long and i understand we are in a quarantine and covid and i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and i'm going to hang through these three episodes but you fell off for a reason a lot of people fell off for a reason this mirror storyline with iris has played itself out and now we're coming back with it with the premiere after we've had months off i was dj i was just like I watched Superman and Lois right before this, even though mm-hmm. it, they go in the reverse order because yes. I knew I wanted to watch that more. Mm-hmm. And I just really am liking that show. Yes. And then to go from that to this, I was like, why do our CW shows fall off a cliff so hard when they fall off a cliff? Yeah. Where, where are my characters mm-hmm. as we're looking and we're seeing and spoilers we're just looking at Barry, look at two people that I don't even know being like, <laughs> we've got to do this. And I was like, who are you? I mean, I know because I watched last season, but I'm just like, why aren't you Cisco and Caitlin? <laughs> where where what, are Cisco what? and Caitlin? And then I don't, why? You talk about chefs dropping off. Like the big thing is this appears to be, this is set up to kind of be the final goodbye to, to Harrison Wells, the multiple versions of Harrison Wells. I will give them credit for somebody that did, like the second crisis was over, I stopped. Um, so letting me... Catching me up with, okay, Nash is hearing the voices of the other Harrisons because of the end of the multiverse. But the problem with them trotting out all the Harrisons again is it reminded me that, oh, I don't like a majority of at, at post HR. I actually don't like any of these wells. <laughs> um, so I don't know that I'm sad to see him go. And speaking of, you know, if this is the last of the wells, where is Caitlin? It's by the way, where do you know where literally where are they? Where where are those characters supposed to be in this moment? Because somebody that did drop off, like why why aren't they around? I, I honestly forget. Got it. I that's, know that, that seems a, completely I, fair. I don't mean that in a bad I, I forget. And I watched and I forget. Mm-hmm. Um indisposed. Well, and also to be uh, to be fair, it's been more than a year since or it's been, you know, because normally the f- premiere would yeah. have been in the fall. So it's been a longer hiatus. And you know what I was not going to do? I was not going to go rewatch. 
because uh, no. I was not. I was like, I'll just figure it out. Um, I don't know. I did think that at least it was interesting that the main mirror bad woman realized she's the copy. Um, sure. Not I knowing like, this character, right. I don't I'm sure. I was like, okay, <laughs> a little movement there. Uh, I guess our previous mirror master was a fake, and also yeah. the top has empathy. It, it was wild. So, you know, watching Superman and Lois, I was like, it's almost like catching up with an old friend. And not with Superman and Lois because it's a premiere, but with the CW, it was like, oh, wow. Like, you remember all the things you liked, right? And then, and and when people are like, wow, this is so different from the other ones, I'm like, is it though? Because, you know, I'm thinking about rose-colored glasses. I'm thinking about all the things that I liked. And then I watch this. I'm like, oh, yeah, it, it, like Superman and Lois is like operating at a, this moment on a completely different level than the rest of the CW shows at the moment. Um, and not to, not to throw Flash under the bus, because, uh, again, first season was great. Um, yeah, I just... I. I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this question to you. How does this show exist in the same universe as Superman and Lois? And what I mean by that is, do you think we're going to start phasing out the way these shows work for something closer to Superman and Lois? Or do you think that some will be like Superman and Lois and some will be like Flash? I don't don't know. I think I need... I need to get through what would have been last season and start this season of flash to understand what they're doing. Yeah. Because what I was saying last season was just how tapped Grant Gustin seems. Yeah. Just like tapped. Um, And I don't even mean that meanly to him. I think he's so talented and great, but just, I think he needs new life. And so it's very possible that, you know, after arrow, we know that Stephen Amell was kind of tapped and that mm-hmm. rubs off at Grant. But then maybe when Tyler Hecklin comes in, maybe Grant Gustin's like, oh, wait, people are talking about this show. I want it to be about Flash. And maybe it's some friendly competition and maybe he gets back into it. And then maybe there is crossover talk between these two shows and maybe it, it breathes light into it. And we get Cisco and Caitlin back and Joe and the Iris and the gang. And then maybe Flash is bomb this season. Yeah. It's, I wish that they honestly didn't air this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because I know I, there's been a lot of talk online and I know Grant Gustin has been open about, I guess, through COVID, he was able to like sort out some of his personal struggles, like with, with, uh, I feel like saying mental health struggles is more severe than what he was talking about. And I don't want to speak for him, but I know he got in, he got in extra good shape and stuff like that. And so, so maybe once we get to what would, would actually be the premiere of this season, It'll feel better. better. And I do know that there is supposed to be, uh, there's supposed to be that Diggle crossover. Diggle pops up on all of the shows. Um, yeah, I, but I do hope that like maybe Superman and Lois lights a fire under people there. I will say, I feel like they've really dialed in the suit. Like it took them however many seasons, but like I really dig the, I know this is a weird thing to, to, focus on but I, I really like the suit right now i think it's like yeah this is stay stay here this is this is a good you're in a good place stay you're here in a good place mm-hmm. totally dial dial in that suit in so um let us know what you all think about the will you will, are you going to keep up with the season because i think after this i'm like ah, oh, maybe you said the three episodes of the previous season like maybe episode four i'll dip back in but maybe not i really 
uh, truthfully, I really don't want to, yeah. which that sounds bad. I'm hoping that I change my mind. I definitely think I'm going to watch next week. Um, but even, you know, Batwoman, I said, okay, I'm going to give it a few episodes. And I didn't. I watched the first episode and I thought I would come back, but like I just felt myself dragging my feet on it. And right now, because we do have TV coming back yeah. and I actually do have shit to watch, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to watch anything I don't want to watch. So I think out of respect for my love of Flash, <laughs> I probably am because it's on the same night as Superman. So it's easy to kind of just like watch them in one setting. Yeah. Um, I'll probably hang in. I'm not sure. Let's talk about uh, Coming to America. Coming to America, I will say, I'm so excited for people to see this. If you're a fan of the first one, I can't imagine that you won't be a fan of this one. It is really, really funny. It's great. Eddie Murphy is awesome. Uh, and the entire OG cast is great. The new, the newbies are great. The storyline, I think, is hysterical. And the jokes really hit during this time of quarantine in which I'm looking for comedies and there just haven't been that many, you know, I, I watched Barb and star go to Vista Del Mar and I liked that, but it's not like the best comedy that ever hit. Yeah. This one is a legitimately fantastic comedy. And I laughed out loud several, several times by myself in my room. So that's how, you know, and I'm just stoked. I'm stoked that this was good. I was nervous. It wouldn't be I, for no reason other than just, nerves and yeah. it really really was so i'm a big coming to america fan and i can't wait for people to watch it i think that it's out today i think you're right as of this recording i think um it is out today and i know that um it's the same director as uh, dolomite is my name which was mm -hmm. eddie murphy's last movie which was on netflix i got a chance to see it at fantastic fest uh which Did you like it? Uh, i really liked it and especially yeah. since um um it, it struggles Produce, at the time I was in the middle of like trying to uh, produce my first feature and stuff like that so watching a movie about like a scrappy underdog making his own movie like that was the perfect I think maybe if I just watched it on Netflix I'd be like oh I enjoyed that but like watching it and Fantastic Fest with the stuff I was dealing with at the time it was a really meaningful experience um, anyway so so um, same creative team it's cool to see Eddie Murphy um, and, uh, like reuniting with people like Wesley Snipes and Arsenio Hall and all that stuff yeah, Wesley Snipes like steals the whole movie, and that was awesome and great to see James Earl Jones. I mean, just really, really stellar casting across the board. It brought to light somebody who I don't know well, Jermaine Fowler, mm -hmm. who's been in a couple different things, but he's a stand-up coming out of New York, or he's a comedian coming out of New York, and I was not that familiar with him, and he did an excellent, excellent job here. There's a lot of great surprises and a lot of great music. Uh, this is just a yes all around for me. I cannot, I cannot wait. I'm hoping that I don't hype it up too much because you know when you see something and you're like, I think this is great, and then the internet disagrees, and you're like, <laughs> what the f happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm slightly concerned about that because I started to see some things coming out this morning where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, the internet disagrees <laughs> with me all the time. Yeah, I'm actually going to look this up on Rotten Tomatoes right now to see where we're at currently but i thought that this was awesome yeah we're at a 50 on the tomato meter i so, don't understand we'll just use that as a way to you know temper people's expectations mm -hmm. uh it's a it's a it's a yes for roxy but you know hey just be open it was a solid yes for me be open yes. to the experience be open to the experience um check that out and let's talk about what what let's talk about this one roxy what is for Bama shore <laughs> i'm so happy you asked dj have you ever heard of this show? I think I've heard of it. And once well, you hear Florabama, yeah, uh, that it, it gets seared in your brain. 
Floribama Shore is produced and created by Sally Ann Sosano, who is the same creator and producer of Jersey Shore. Okay. And for that reason, it is excellent gold. It's a show that I just randomly have been watching since its inception. And I'm so happy that it is just one of those guilty pleasures that I'm not guilty at all about mm-hmm. of this motley crew of a cast who like, I just don't ever, you don't know whether they like each other, whether they don't like each other, where they stand, what the, you don't know anything. But this season, one of the girls that just pr- came back and premiered. And it's exactly what I need right now. This is trash television at its finest. Mm-hmm. And it is just fun to watch the, one of the girls, um, is pregnant now in the house. Okay. Okay. And so watching her navigate that as everybody else is like legitimately hammered 24 seven. Um, and she used to date one of the people in the house and she's pregnant with somebody else. Oh dang. And it's just the, the drama. If you like these shows that are like, Holy crap. The amount of drama that some people have in their lives and choose to bring into their lives is so absurd. This is just really, truly, I almost think of it as like fantasy television mm-hmm. because it like brings you to a completely different realm and world. And because they couldn't do Floribama Shore this season because of the pandemic, they're filming in like a random, random place in Montana. And it's just them isolated in this random like cabin in Montana mm-hmm. and it, it's so so good. Wait, there there is a Florabama shore. It's uh, where Flor Florida and Alabama, like the the place that they go. It's like Jersey Shore. It's cool. All, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Good, good for them. Uh, glad they're in Montana. Uh, probably dressing very differently uh, in Montana. Than no. No, cool. And that they, it is freezing, and they are wearing crop tops, and it is talked about. I mean, it, this show is whack. It's whack. I just, imp- I DJ. By the end of this season, I'm going to need you to tune in for one episode. Give me. Listen, we have uh, uh, we have somebody in the Discord, one of the one of the patrons, who has been very vocal about me checking out uh, uh, One Piece, and I'll say the same thing to you that I said to him: pick an episode. And I'll, wa- I'll watch, but you, tell, you need to direct me about what I'm going to, which one I'm going to watch. Okay. I got to wait then. We just had the first episode. Okay. So okay. We'll you pick, pick an episode. Maybe I'll watch the first one. Pick an episode and I'll, and I'll check it out. I'll Cringe do my, television at its finest. I'll it's do great. my homework. Well, so help me, help me understand. Speaking of cringe, I assume, uh, what's going on with Nike? <laughs> this is, you know, every week I throw in a story for you. That's just trash. Mm-hmm. This is truly trash. I don't fully understand. Are you a sneaker collector, DJ? I am not. Okay. So for us non-sneaker collectors, sneaker culture is insane. Yes. And (laughs) it's a whole different world. But basically what happened here was the North American exec of Nike is a woman who has been working for Nike for over two decades, I think 25 years, who works her ass off, who has earned her position. And to be the North America exec of a company and be a woman is so hard just in general. And the fact that she is there and was apparently doing an excellent job and whatever was great. She stepped down from her position this week. She stepped down because it was revealed that her son Mm -hmm. had taken her access codes to find out like what releases were dropping and when and whatever opened a name, a credit card in her name, bought all of the shoe was buying all of the shoes that Nike was releasing with her discount code 
and then selling them for like 10 times the price. And Whoops. when people found out, he was he was calling himself um, Jersey, Jersey Shoe Mike or something, whatever, some acronym, whatever. And what happened was the some big publication wanted to do a piece on him because he was making all this money from shoes. He came up really fast. He was selling thousands of shoes. And the the secondary market for shoes is a huge market. And they were like, how is he getting all these shoes? And there was all this mystery around it. So he gets this big interview that's going to be in like the New York Times Post New Yorker, some, some something. Yeah. And they ask him, how are you doing this? And he says, my mom's name is, and gives her name and just straight up outs her. And so obviously that reporter was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then like an hour later he leaves and he starts texting the reporter. I was like, please don't use that part about my mom. I did. I made that up. That's not my mom. Like just starts trying to backtrack. Cause he just was trying to be the shit. And how said old it, is he? Um, I think young twenties. Um, still old enough to know better. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, it got revealed who he was and what he was doing. And then the credit card thing came out and all the stuff. And then she had, she had to step down. Wow. I just think the whole story, I know it's not completely entertainment news, but like the sneaker culture is so intertwined with celebrity culture or whatever that just like this guy can go fuck himself. Like kids, (laughs) and he's not even a kid, like young adults can be such little shits. Imagine working your entire life. Yeah. Your entire life to be where you are. And then your son is the reason that you have to leave your job. Torpedoes the whole thing. And then where are you going to go from there? Yeah, because you just can't get rid of your son. It's not like, oh, I fired him. (laughs) I fired him from being my son. Although she might want to look into it. Yeah. Can you fire somebody? Can you fire your son? (laughs) So as I wrote to you when you said, what am I into? Because I was just obsessed with this story because kids are the worst. (laughs) Young adults are the worst. Nike exec steps down because son was a turd. Yeah, that's it's literally what I had in mind. I didn't know what to put the headline as, so I literally quoted your text to me. Nike exec steps down because son was a turd. Don't you think that's accurate, though? Yes. I don't think you could have described it any better. No, what a turd. I would be so... What would you do to your kid? I don't know what you could do to your kid. And it's one of those that, like, yeah, yeah. What do you... <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't know. You just got to be so mad. Like I would just be so mad. Like do you even understand the severity of what you d- did? Do you even get how you affected my life? Uh Oh, I guess actually DJ he's a teen. I thought he was early 20s. He's a teen. Well, then now he's an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she resigned and Herbert or Hebert is her name. She worked there for more than 25 years. And she had to resign. Her, so he was 19 years old. You know what? Wow. What a fucking idiot. Um, what a fucking. And it was Bloomberg Business Week who he said it to. What a fucking idiot. Oh, so stupid. And you know what's sad? He said is he that- bought $132,000 worth of Yeezys on a credit card and resold them for a $20,000 profit. 
and to prove the revenue he was making, he sent a financial statement to Bloomberg for an American Express corporate card. It was on his mom's name on a card that he had opened. What a dumb, 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 dummy, dumb, 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 dumb. This just goes to show one. Rich people are fucking stupid. Rich kids, stupid. rich kids in particular, are just fucking dumb. Like you, you think like big exec people, people that are good at business. Like, well, at least they're good at business. Mostly, they're not. There's just a lot of forgiveness. Like this, this kid, this dumb kid, who's did something really, really dumb and torpedoed his mom's career to the point that his mo- her, his mom probably will never recover. Can probably parlay this into a pretty profitable career for himself, which is stupid. That's Which is so dumb. bad. You're so you're so right, though. You're so right. Because it's he'll exactly. be able to go into meetings and be like, "I'm an entrepreneur," and da 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 da. da. It's like, it, and and people will be like, "Oh man, we got to give this kid a chance. Like maybe with the if we were able to use his power for quote unquote good, whatever." Let. No, just I'm with you. Okay. Just f f you, kid. Well, listen, we're here to talk about Raya and the Last Dragon, but real quick, I did want to mention a couple of things. One, um, the news dropped this week that, uh, and, and I bring this up because we were talking about stuff similar to this when there was talk about a new Harry Potter series. Um, the new Hogwarts Legacy video game um, will have a character creation system that is similar to um, Cyberpunk 2077 in that you're... Um, voice and your gen- it's more inclusive to where basically you know the the you can designate your body as i'm probably going to use the terms wrong here and i apologize as like male and female but then you can designate whether you're a wizard or a witch allowing for people that are transgender to represent themselves better and if- so non-binary people it's like all about different self-identification yeah it's more inclusive yeah. um, mm-hmm. which feels like a direct response to you know of course um jk rowling's um uh, uh uh prejudice statements um and i don't know if you saw this roxy but when i saw it immediately the there was still backlash where like unfortunately jk rowling's still gonna get money from this so we shouldn't support it and i i got a little heat because i I pointed out that it's like, well, if you if your problem is that somebody toxic is going to make money off of this mass market corporate product, I I have a bad new I have bad news about Marvel and Disney and Warner Brothers <laughs> and literally all of the things because the you know you could go to the list like you like Marvel, let me tell you about Ike Perlmutter. We can if you want, we can talk about Stan Lee and all the problem, problematic bullshit he did because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't love it when he shows up and stuff um and really yeah, i don't even know what you're talking it's about not, it's not uh turf level stuff but he he let's be generous and say he was a bad collaborator and he took a lot of credit for things that oh he, that i know yeah mm-hmm. um uh he he may or may not be the actual creator of things like spider-man and fantastic four depending on who you ask um the point is when it when it gets to this critical mass of mass media exposure it's big business toxic people are involved and I say that not to be for or against this game. I think everybody's going to have to make their own decision about whether they feel comfortable playing this or not. But what what I am saying is I think this is a situation where we, as the judge of public opinion, are not necessarily in a position to judge people whether they do or do not play it. Because let's say you're, you're um, part of one of these communities 
uh, and you're part, you're transgender, you're non-binary or whatever, and you love Harry Potter, this is a way for you to see yourself represented in that world. People in this, yeah. that made this game had to fight for this. Well, yes, these people did get their paycheck to make it. And a lot of the core employees probably won't see a dime of the profits or whatever. This will be used as a marker. If this game tanks, there will be people in the business structure. They're like, see, well, we shouldn't worry about what these people think. Cause clearly it doesn't fucking matter. So, it, what I'm all I'm saying is it's complicated, and if and if you don't feel comfortable, if you feel like I know that some of this money is going to J.K. Rowling, and that makes me feel uncomfortable, I think that's fair. But if somebody else is like, I love this franchise, I appreciate that they made a space for me to feel represented in this. I think that might also and a lot of the money is going to other people, other people that might also be equally valuable. And I don't know if this is a situation where we can dictate the right or the wrong of it also the game's not out it might be trash and none of this matters anyway <laughs> like um uh, licensed games tend to not be great all the time so that is what it is another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, the other things, I know we're tight on time, Roxy, but I, re- I really want to talk about these things. I watched I watched two movies this week and they were both really good. Uh, one was what the, were they? One was The Assistant, which is on Hulu. Um, I heard about it. I heard about it like the beginning of last year, but I wasn't in a position that I, I wasn't going to the theater to watch it. Um, and so now that it's streaming on Hulu, I want to check it out, but it is essentially, do you know anything about this movie, Roxy? Only that it, it's Julia Garner, right? Yes. It's Julia Garner who I, I, I just like her a lot. So that's all I know. She's in Ozark. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I also yeah. know her and she's fantastically talented. Yeah. And, um, I know her from, uh, the Americans, um yeah same yeah is also really uh fantastic in um really challenging storyline she's a part of but it's just she's good um this is directed by kitty green and it's essentially you're following the day in the life of an assistant for uh harvey weinstein-esque figure it's not specifically him in fact we don't even really see her boss we just see the effects he has on her and her co-workers and I think and this, this was a couple of years ago, right? It came out at the end. It's it says here it was it was like the bridge between 2019 and 2020. So unfortunately, okay. it's like coming out right as you know, like end of 2019 is probably when it was doing its its um, festival run, and it was supposed mm-hmm. to be released early 2020. And of course, that got shot to shit because of uh, COVID, unfortunately. Uh, but it's on Hulu now. You can check it out, and it does a great job of putting you in this place of. Not only what it, it's interesting because obviously the mo- the most obvious challenging part of it is the fact that her boss is manipulating and abusing women, and and it's not directly involving her, but throughout the day, and presumably the time she's worked here, she's seen enough of these signs that she's aware she, she's becoming more and more aware of what's happening, and feeling uh, more and more challenged by it. But it's also a great example of just toxic work culture in general, and the way capitalism has made working uh, just a night just a waking nightmare because there really isn't a way to hold this person accountable there's a scene where she goes to an hr hr person which is which is the the probably the most difficult scene to watch because this is this is her one opportunity to maybe bring up a concern 
and the way this HR person steamrolls right over these concerns, there's nothing, there's nothing she can do. Um, and of, in, in a way, of course not, because who does this HR person answer to? How is this right. HR person supposed to keep his boss accountable? You know, the, this whole, this system is designed to insulate the abuser in this case. And so, and it does a good job of, it's not her fault, but if she doesn't do anything, she's kind of tangentially a part of it. She's helping facilitate it because it's part of her job. When she, when she try, when other coworkers start to realize her concerns, they do the classic, like there's lines like, well, she, as in whoever this actress is that the producer is abusing, she'll get more out of it than he will. You know, there's these excuses made. You know what I mean? And you see how this stuff was able to go on without without ever being challenged. With the 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 not only the way this guy is insulated by how, but how everybody else that works for him insulates themselves from feeling any guilt about it. Um, and then little things like, you know, her. Two, it's she, you know obviously she's the system, but there's these two male coworkers that she primarily acts with, and you can see how these guys are trying to be helpful to her, but the, what they're really being is kind of like condescending, and not yeah. like and, and it's one of the, but then there's a scene where one of the, the of the two guys, there's one that that I I seemed more beneficial to me than the other one, but there's a scene where where she's at her desk and you hear like something get thrown in the executive's office and you see hear shouting and that one her coworker that's kind of a dick comes out and he's just he's white as a he's white as a sheet you know what i mean so it's like this guy's this guy's an i don't like this guy but he's being abused too like they're all like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the level the the complicated dynamics that are going on here i think it did a really excellent job it does leave a little bit of room for for small like small bits of humor but it, it, it it's not a, it's not a fun one if if you're looking at like coming to america escapism that this is mm-hmm. this this is not that uh that movie unfortunately but but you think it's definitely worth the watch 100% i think it's really good and even talking about not, not only is it you really hulu it is hulu not only is it really well crafted like little touches like when she's talking to the hr guy even before he becomes openly antagonistic he starts stepping on her words like before she can finish a sentence and it's just little just those little things you're like oh this isn't a safe environment like this isn't that you're not supported here you know what i mean um there's a, a little scene where she's in an elevator with these chinese execs that are coming in to see him and so they don't really speak the language but her and like her equivalent that the chinese execs give this like little awkward smile like hey we're both peons in this bigger system like just little touches it's really well crafted but also talking about mia uh, uh um sorry pharaoh versus alan it's also good to like make you aware because not only is are there the egregious problems but there's all the little things that you might if you were in the, it, it's it's challenging to watch because i could i could unfortunately see myself making these little justifications in a time that we're less aware you know because you can right. make the arguments that like well these actresses are adults they're quote unquote making their own decisions they're they're getting stuff out of the you can see the justifications that were made. And I think it's good to put yourself in this position so that me and us and all of us don't make these 
justifications in the future. I, I, or if it's not this, because, you know, obviously the Me Too movement, there will be other, it's not like we've unearthed every toxic thing. We haven't, we haven't pulled out all that. So it might be something else down the line. So making ourselves aware of this stuff so that we can be better coworkers or better bosses or better friends or better any of those things. Advocates. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think not only is it a really good movie, but I think it's an important movie. On the other complete 180 side of the spectrum, and I won't say a lot about this, I watched uh, Because of Kong versus Godzilla. I watched Shin Godzilla, which is the last Japanese um, uh, mm-hmm. Godzilla film, uh, and it was great. It was it was uh, much more of, of kind of like a, a political, not even a thriller, but like dealing with the politics of how, just like the original Godzilla was about... Um, basically the the nuclear bomb drops in world war ii this is more about how the government responds to crises how the japanese government responds to crises like nuclear meltdowns and typhoons and how bureaucracy keeps them from being ineffective for their people and that sounds boring but there is a giant no. li- there's a giant radioactive lizard that shoots laser beams out of his face so that uh, makes it less boring yeah and and also it was really interesting to watch a movie where the U.S. is the bad. We we are very much the bad guy in that movie. Like I didn't realize until watching this movie how much we are still up Japan's ass about stuff. Um, and I found it very striking that ba- they even call refer to themselves as, as a tributary state to the United States. Like basically to do shit, they have to. We have to sign off on it in certain circumstances. And there's a point where the U.S. kind of unilaterally decides, oh, we're going to nuke Godzilla. And as opposed to like when you watch like Independence Day, the idea of launching a nuclear bomb in the United States is like this abstract. Oh, no, that's bad. It's not abstract for the Japanese. They know exactly what that means. They know exactly what people in this movie have lived through it. Uh, and so it, it, it adds this extra layer of like uh, uh, believability and realist and, and, and it's, it's about something. So if you're excited for Kong vs. Godzilla, yes, you can go back and watch gareth edwards godzilla movie or you can watch shin godzilla which i do recommend okay so now all that sorry i just i was we're going on hiatus next week i just wanted i I, these were good movies i wanted to say people check it out let's talk about raya and the last dragon yeah so this um is coming out as of this recording coming out today coming out this friday it has a 97 percent critic score uh the critic Whoa. on rotten tomatoes yeah uh, as of when i pulled it uh who knows it's still there the critics Do you con- call it rotten tomatoes to- rotten tomatoes uh the critics consensus is another gorgeously animated skillfully voiced entry in the disney canon raya and the last dragon continues the studio's increased representation while reaffirming that its classic formula is just as reliable as ever. As ever. Excuse me. Roxy. Spoiler. DJ. F- yes. Spoiler free or spoiler free? Let's filled? start with spoiler free and then we'll segue into spoilers. Okay. Spoiler free? Yes. Really liked this. Really cute. Really adorable. Uh, really fun. Really just great voice acting. Think that the, you couldn't have found a more perfect Aquafina role. Mm-hmm. So, so excellent. I'm just happy to see a positive experience for Kelly Marie Tran. Yes. Just, and I don't actually even know that that's the case, but it seemed that way. Let's hope so. And let's uh, hope the response post is positive as well. Yep. And she did a great job. She All did. the voices were excellent. It looked so wonderful. I can imagine if I was a parent or an aunt that this would be so enjoyable to watch with children as well as it's whimsical and 
the story is fun. There is one part that when we get to spoilers, I will talk about, or, or one thing that is an overarching theme of this movie that I think that if you do have children or nieces or nephews and you're watching with them, it, you need to have a conversation with them about it because I, you. Oh, are you feeling what I'm feeling? No, I'm excited to. I'm excited to, to talk with you about that. Yeah. My thoughts is I, I agree with you. I think obviously it's gorgeously animated. I think the voice cast is great. Um, it's it does what a lot of the most recent Disney movies have done that I have enjoyed, which is you build out a world. Like I think a lot of the appeal, whole world, a whole world, a lot of the appeal for like Moana and Zootopia for me is like, oh, this is a place I want to spend more time in. Mm-hmm. So when they announced like, hey, we're going to do a show set in these worlds, like, yes, please. This even feels more built. I, I, this is one of those times where I'm like, oh, this should have been a show. Like this is a good movie, but you've got so much going on here because it's for those that don't know. It's a kingdom split into, I believe, five pieces. They've divided it into five parts and each kingdom has its own different personalities we, we each we get introduced to main characters from each kingdom uh and it's really cool and i would have liked to spend more more time there so i think um it is enjoyable we'll get we've got some questions from you guys that we'll answer but let's go into spoilers what what yes. is what is the conversation that needs to be had so dj the premise of this film is trust everyone <laughs> that is the, pre- the premise of this movie is when in doubt if things are not going your way give more trust Yes. Trust all of the people. Put your trust in everyone. Trust them all. Mm-hmm. And that is a dangerous child lesson. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was watching it and I was like, is that where they're going to go with this? It really is like, even if somebody has screwed you over and over again, trust. Just keep trusting mm-hmm. and then double down with that trust. And if you don't trust them, bad things will happen. Uh, I mean, this is classic taking candy from a a stranger in a white van situation. (laughs) I just think the lesson of trust is good and it is, it is good to not get jaded. It is important to have trust in people and, and especially as a kid to be able to believe in in the goodness of others. But I don't agree with trust everyone. Yeah. As a premise, I don't agree with that. It would have been, I think it would have been beneficial if as much as I like all the characters we meet, um, maybe cutting out one one of the because basically we build a team for the the climax of the movie of one of each nations, which I get, but to spend a little bit more time of like adding just a little bit of nuance to that because the what kick, I will say the one thing that really kind of threw me out of the movie was I I kind of don't like this trend of like uh, we open in media res how did I get here and then go back and then after we do this whole prologue once we get in the present. They feel the need to explain the whole situation again. Like when she meets the the last dragon, which means Aquafina's character, she's like, "Well, here's what's going on." It's like we just did like we just watched that. minutes of this yeah. stuff. Like I, in fact, why didn't we just start here with her getting the dragon? And then she's like, "Hey, this is what's, what's what, anyway." Uh, like at this point in a Pixar movie, I'd already be crying. Like I don't know why we're yeah, yeah, spending yeah. so much time on this, um, and maybe spend a little bit more time of at because she she trusts somebody kind of blindly, and that person screws her over. Um, uh, the the character that screws over is voiced by Gemma Chan, uh, who I always feel the need is to, to, to mention. She's gorgeous. She's I yeah, I probably tr- uh, trust her when I shouldn't as well. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and 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 her character was a cutie too. So and also I don't know about you. I got I got vague. Like, are we are we are we doing this? Are we are they, are these two? Are we doing a thing? And it's, we didn't. But I was like, I hear I, you. There's room for that. I hear you. There's room for that here. Yeah. 
uh, is this one of those we wanted to do a thing and then Disney's like, no, we can't do the thing. I was like, all right, well, yeah, yeah. here's some hints. Um, anyway, so all that said, STS2884 asks, is it worth the Disney premiere price? Because they're doing the same thing they did with Mulan where um, you, you're, you're paying a premium to see this, I believe, early and then it'll show up on Disney Plus at a later date. Yeah, if if you have a family of four or five and you have kids and you are looking to do something on a Saturday and this is like big family adventure time and you're making popcorn and you're doing all this, I think $30 is fine. Yeah. If you are me or DJ and mm-hmm. you are alone or married and watching just for the fun of it at on a Tuesday at seven o'clock, $30 is a lot of money to spend on this movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, I, I don't think I could, I could say it any better. The, the context of the situation in which you're watching, I think is very um, key. And I know I was, I was pretty open about like when Mulan came out, like I, I do think people should support it because I support the idea of not forcing people to go to theaters. The situation is a little bit different now because now HBO max is dropping a new movie every week. And like we got, I don't believe people had to play the premium for soul. Um, and it's like, so there is room for you to just do the movie, just release the movie. Right. Uh, no, $30 is a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, that is a lot of money. That's not $10 additionally to your Disney plus, yeah. uh, which I think I would pay 10. I would not personally having seen it, having liked it, I would not pay $30 to watch this movie by myself. Yeah. Yeah. So this opened up the question to me and I presented this question to um, the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, how, so I think Raya, it's safe to say Raya is in the tradition of Disney princesses. I heard people mention like, oh, she's part of a Disney princess. I was like, oh, I guess, I guess that's that's true. Her father is a ruler of whatever. How, how do you think Raya stacks up with the other Disney princesses? And for you, Roxy, do you have like a favorite Disney princess. She was really great. I think that she she was really great. I don't know again with the trust everyone versus not like she has to grow so much in this. I don't know if she's as great as some of the other more recent ones, but I do I did really like her and she was badass and strong and I think that that's awesome. My favorite Disney princesses are Mulan and Jasmine. Cool, cool, Those cool. are my favorites. Both I love ones. I love Mulan and Jasmine both so much for different reasons, but so both... why Mulan? Why Jasmine? Mulan because uh, in a, in a time where it w- I was pretty girly and like liked frills and stuff, Mulan had some girly parts of her, but I also felt like I was a badass, and mm-hmm. she was a badass. And like, I, I really believe wholeheartedly believe in the concept of just because it's never been done before, doesn't mean it's the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what Mulan knows in her heart, just because it's never been done before. doesn't mean that she shouldn't do it because just the way things have been done doesn't mean that it's right. Yeah. So I love that about the movie. And I love that specifically about the character of Mulan. Uh, who is probably the most badass of all of the Disney princesses. I agree. Even though uh, Raya herself is pretty kick-ass, it's like I, Mulan, I think, is still top tier. Yeah, totally. And then Jasmine I really like because she really gives a shit about people. Yeah. And I think that that's cool. Uh, and, it, you know, there's a lot of Disney princesses who 
really care about like a person, like for mm. example, Belle, yeah. you know, she, they really care about a person, but Jasmine cares about her people yeah. and she cares about things and she's generous and she's supportive and she's kind and she's also pretty badass and I, and she's a tiger. So Tigers you know, are like cool. that. So for all those reasons, and she was also so beautiful. <laughs> like I remember just thinking that Jasmine was the most beautiful ever. And she wasn't like a little white girl that was beautiful. Yeah. So that's cool too, that the most beautiful, arguably the most beautiful of the Disney princesses coming up um, was, was not Snow White or mm-hmm. Belle yeah. or it was Jasmine. Yeah. Or whoever the one is in oh, Aurora. That's Sleeping Beauty. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, she made a, a big impression on me. Um, so <laughs> we've got. Uh, so for Leonard Kim, his favorite princess is a tie between Belle and Jasmine. They both believe the world offers more than what they're used to, but have to overcome obstacles uh, slash hindrances to experience their truest desires. Brenda also likes Jasmine and Belle. Um, she also adds a fun fact to um, Raya and the Last Dragon. One of the writers for Raya, I'm going to say Ki Nguyen, uh, I apologize if I'm pronouncing the name incorrectly, is a playwright, and I think this group would really enjoy his stuff. Uh, his most famous play is probably She Kills Monsters. I did a production of that last year, Rep. RIP theater, LOL. I also saw a tweet from him where he's like, I know in this business you're supposed to pretend like you've been here and like, you know, when you enter a room, you're supposed to pretend like you belong. But he's like, but I don't belong and I've never done this. My movie comes out today and I'm losing my mind. It, it was really sweet. It was a really that's sweet. That's awesome. That's uh, awesome. Uh, tweet. The story was really great. So that's yeah. cool. And it's one of those I want more. Like, I, like I'd like i like to see more of this world with uh, the, the the dragons and the, and the pill bug armadillos that you ride and the like. I love that, that. I love that. Which was uh, quote unquote voiced by Alan Tudyk. Like I saw him in the credits. I'm like, who is he? He's like, oh, he's the pill bug? Good for Disney that for you the make ran- little sounds. Yeah. yeah, I get that they have the money to just blow on Alatudic to make animal noises. Yeah, um, that's bizarre. Uh, Tia says Ariel is his favorite princess. She has the best soundtrack. Um, Jake, Hefner's- yeah, but the worst premise. Yeah, not not great. Uh, not great. Uh, <laughs> I love honest. that movie and I love her, but girl, get, get it together. Uh, he ain't Ma- all that. He ain't all that. Uh, Kayla Marie 033 says Rapunzel is her fave. Uh, close second is Mulan. Nathan Mann says Elsa. I think my favorite because she's like a superhero. Uh, Finio says Rapunzel is my favorite because she takes action and is the one doing the saving. Um, and then Maggie Whitmer, who who is an avowed Disney fan. We've talked before about her fan of Disney. Disney. She's like, oh, we're talking princesses. I've been waiting for this one. Can I say all of them? Because all of them. From Snow White and Cinderella to Moana and now Rhea. Uh, Raya, excuse me. Um, All of these women have taught me valuable lessons ever since I was little that I now take with me into adulthood. Yeah, I just love them all a lot and I will defend and protect them with my entire being. I feel the same way. DJ, who's yours? Uh, You know, I was thinking about that because I used, I think I think of them more on the terms of the movies and how much I like the movies. Um, But if I were to choose one of the princesses themselves, it would probably be Mulan. I know that movie was a big one in my household um i did martial arts growing up so i liked that aspect of the movie i thought her i think her character is to me the coolest like you talk about being proactive i feel like she's probably the most proactive of the princesses and cares Uh, so much about her family like her values are there there yeah like i I like that one a lot i'm also as as a movie i and, and as the character i like moana 
Um, Moana's amazing. A lot. Uh, and it's weird. It's like, yeah, it's it's similar to Raya. It's like, yeah, I guess Moana counts as a, technically as one of the princes, one of these yeah. like uh, umbrella things. We do have one last question from Leonard. No, Him. Uh, no, no, no. It's from, ah, it's from Danny. Um, as far as Raya, how do you think this mo- would have performed in a non-COVID world? And he says, I'm happy to see Kelly Marie Tran moving forward. I am also... Um, happy to see that. I think this movie would have done excellently. Yeah. Excellently. Th- these kind of kids movies that also adults will like slay in the mm-hmm. box office. Mm-hmm. And I think that this movie would have done phenomenally. Yeah. Yeah. When do we know when it was supposed to have dropped originally? Uh, probably at some smart time. <laughs> probably some smart time so i, I honestly numbers. don't think uh it could have been said better than roxy if you have a family and you're looking for a, a movie night um and this this is a very good option um to have if you're like her and i where you're, you're watching a lot of movies solo or maybe with mm-hmm. just one significant other uh, save it uh there's other movies a lot of money yeah right. times are tough <laughs> and 30 dollars can buy you Two meals that are really yummy. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the really good meals. A, a, yeah. a few cheap meals, but two really good two meals. Two really yummy meals. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Roxy, uh, before we ra- wrap up, remind the kids where they can find you and what they're up to and what they should be checking out. And how close are you to your big year anniversary of your of your videos? 10 days away. Oh, my God. 10 days away from 365 days. I'm so excited about that. Uh, so you can find me at youtube.com slash Roxy Stryer. Also, heads up for the World Girls on the 21st. We are doing a eight-hour marathon stream. Um, and uh, it is going to be a beast of a stream. It is from 3 to 10 p.m. And we are giving a ton of stuff a whirl um, that's youtube.com slash the world girls. It's, it is certainly going to be uh, a good time. So at the very least you'll have some fun, but we're also raising money for not only our projects for the rest of the year so that we can give a lot of great stuff a world, but we're also giving a large percentage of the proceeds to the national domestic violence hotline, Very which cool. is the hotline.org. It is women's history month. And that is an excellent organization we spend a lot of time researching them looking into them and and knowing people who have personally used the national domestic violence hotline and um especially during this time where people have felt incredibly isolated and there have not been as many people checking in on domestic violence survivors um it's a a great cause so that's on the 21st 3 to 10 youtube.com slash the world girls i'll remind y'all again next week don't you worry um and you can find me at dj talks trash and you can follow this show at only stupid answers everywhere that matters but on twitter yank out the vowels from stupid uh thank you all for joining us uh there will be this the osa show is going on hiatus next week but there will be a new podcast episode so stay tuned for that and then we will back be back the following week talking falcon and winter soldier and all of that stuff thank you all for joining us and we'll see you all next time bye-bye